So I'm not even going to say welcome to Reptile and Chill. I'm not even going to go there. But what I am going to say is, Michael Phelps, welcome back. Yes. Guess who's you... back? Guess who's back? Guess who's <laughs> back? Guess who's back? I thought back. you were going to do a Liam Neeson thing, man. Oh, does this mean it's going to be a really good show tonight? You know what? I've got to admit, we've just spoke to the guest a little bit before we started recording, and he's not ready for this because I'm in one of those moods, and I know Danny's in one of those moods, and while Mike has got a whole two podcasts worth of talking to do in one show. <laughs> oh, <God>. So... <laughs> <laughs> right, so fir- firstly, the most important thing we need to know, how's your stitches, mate? Are you okay? Oh, that's the most painful thing I've ever been through in my life. Really? I'm not going to lie. Oh, well, you've honestly. My, you've been my friend for a couple of years, mate. Worse than that. <laughs> ah, <laughs> different, type, different type of pain. <laughs> uh, initially, yes, but long term, no, nah, it's not a patch on being friends <laughs> with you. <laughs> but, but all, all no. in all, and I suppose, Mike, I'm going to rudely interrupt and say you're probably going to mention anyway the real reasons. Mike's arse isn't the size of the Grand Canyon. No, he can't put the vacuum and the broom up his arse at the same time. Much to his wife's disgust because she thought it would have been a good idea because he could have actually done some housework. Um, but are you, are you all right, mate? You had a bit of a wobble, didn't you? I did. Yeah. And do you know what? I don't want to go on about it too much because there's a lot of people out there in a lot worse situation than I'm in. And I've got it really good. Don't get me wrong. But I think I just got a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of work that I'm doing at the moment. Uh, my working environment, you know, again, I'm really lucky. I've got a lovely office at work. But when you're constantly working at your computer and it's conference call after conference call after conference call after conference call you know i said to you guys you know it was like i had something like over 60 calls individual calls to individual people whether that's i don't know a project manager that works for me um a subcontractor that works for me and and 11 video skype meetings in one day and it's just relentless Mm. and um I'm now realizing, and I mentioned it on the on the live show earlier, that you know that time where you sit in your car and drive. Uh, for me, you know, I'll drive to one site, and that might take me two hours. Could take me three hours to get there. You know, I put a podcast on. I might make a couple of calls on the way, um, but that's time to myself. And in the current situation, in my current situation, I'm not getting that. It's it's literally relentless. A lot of my staff have been furloughed, so I'm picking up their role as well. Um, and and it, to the point where oh, it's horrible to say, but do you know when you you've got that much dealing with that much, and you actually start to get the shakes? Yeah, that's how I started to. And, that's how I started to feel. I will, I will say one one thing, mate. Firstly, I know you've got a really important job. Um, and you've got a lot of responsibility, but you do need, as your friend, you do need to kind of like go, right, okay, I've been at this for the last three hours or whatever. I need yeah. five minutes. Regardless whether your phone's still going, for me to continue to work at the best of my ability, I need mm-hmm. these five minutes, even if it's to have a fucking shit. All right? Yeah. You need, and the second thing I want to bollock you for as well is that you're piss poor. Sorry, guys, really busy. Um, I can't come to the podcast. Dude, right, and this goes for everyone. Please listen to this. If you're listening to the podcast, listen to this, right? If you are suffering, having a strap, a wobble, or whatever, 
Your friends are okay. here. And Mike, you, you did a naughty. You, you should have yeah, spoke to me and Danny properly mate. about it. Yeah, you know me. I, 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 sometimes you get that wrapped up in things um, that that you don't realise until it's a little bit too late. So you know, hundred percent. And you did kind of like the, the following day, kind of like tell us that you know this, this and that, and you know what actually happened. By that point, yeah. we've absolutely blown your reputation to fucking smithereens, and you are now <laughs> known as the bum bandit of reptile and chill. Um, <laughs> Do you know the funny, the, the irony? That's right. So I, I had a bit of a wobble, so I go for a walk in Sutton Park. I didn't listen to it live because it was too late after work, right? Um, but but then when I heard uh, the reason why you said I wasn't on the show, I started laughing. And, and my and I literally swear to God, I went down a rabbit divot. Yes. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, my God, how funny would that if I'd have rolled my ankle or something on the back of laughing so much on what you were saying. But yeah, man, it's, you know, but, for, I know you don't want to dive on it too much, but you know, again, Danny's being quiet because I'm on a hyper and I keep talking. Um, but <laughs> can that, I just say, here, dude. right? Do you know what tipped me over the edge? I was that involved in getting things done work wise. Um, Billy come and knocked on the door, and and Maya, and they said, "Dad, can we have something to eat? We're starving." And it was three o'clock, and I totally missed the lunch, mm. and it absolutely broke me. It really did. I felt really irresponsible, you know, terrible as a parent, as you, as as you do. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it absolutely <clears throat> knocked me for six. So, so and I, just, I think you're quite lucky that you got two sensible kids because if I was your kid i'd have ate the dog (laughs) (laughs) no if you was my kid i'd have been running down at 11 o'clock in the morning because something would have been on fire (laughs) 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 but no on on a serious note and and there's a lot of people going to be in this situation it's really hard but you have to discipline yourself and i know you need 10 minutes away from your working environment, especially when you're working at home, um, big, uh, for every hour that you do. And people go on about people working from home. Ah, oh, you don't do it. It's really, really, it's it's a really, really common for people to get that engrossed in their work. They start doing more hours than they would do normally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not giving themselves enough breaks because they're at home and it's easy just to sit at the computer and respond to emails and have your meetings. So, yeah, I learned a big lesson. I break up for, for it's my last day tomorrow. I've got two and a half weeks off, and I'm not joking you. Uh, I'm building a nature pond in the garden, and I cannot wait. Well, to, well, to be honest, mate, it's, it's, it's coming good timing because Monday, apparently, they're going to lessen the social distancing, which means me and you can go for our walks again, which means you're going to start running with me, which means I'm not going to be a lonely fuck anymore, and it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't wait to 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 get out. You're gonna get fucking hounded, Mike. <laughs> Ask every single day, Mike. Let's do this. Let's do that. Come on. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Are you up yet? Six o'clock in the morning. Come on. Are you guys not missing sort of like that? I don't know. I, I'm quite a tactile guy. I'm missing hugging my friends. What one hundred percent? You know what? I'm I'm I miss the spontaneity of it. Where you just go, Hoss, I'm doing nothing, come round, wicked, I'm coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or go around to Luke Dents or whatever. Just for just for fifteen minutes just to talk crap. Um I miss being able to go down the road 
and talk to the neighbours on the way down or actually talk to the shopkeeper and feel normal. You know, I, I got engaged in a conversation the other day and he was just like, I can't be doing this. Like, this isn't good. I need to go home. And I cut them short and went home. I don't feel human. Like, what are we yeah. doing? What are we doing? But anyways... I'm missing, I'm missing normality Anyways, for the next hour, I don't want to talk about COVID. Please, fucking oh, hell. Pops, oh. right. We just went through a big piece on how I'm feeling. And then Danny goes, yeah, I'm not feeling... It. Right then, let's get on with the show. Right now, <laughs> let's listen to our mates. Oh, no, just, but, 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 but he's in Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk's not normal anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Isn't, <laughs> don't you have to do social distancing like all the time well, in no, Norfolk? No, well, it's not called yeah. so, it's not called social distancing. It's called normality. Um, yeah. But I, I, again, I think I think you're at the end of your tether, aren't you, Danny? You've had a you've had enough. Um. Yeah. He yeah, was until yeah, today. Yeah. Something turned up special today. I, well, I, I yeah. Know, I know plug things, massive. <sighs> well, I mean. It's shit. It's a shit time as it is, and um, uh, I, I made it even worse by trying to quit smoking. Um, so I think it was Sunday or Monday. Sunday, Sunday. I haven't had a cigarette since Sunday, and right, after, that's 20, really after good. twenty-three years of smoking, it's um, it's now taking its toll with all this shit as well. Um, and I'm I'm about to kill someone, <sighs> mate. You have picked a tough time to give up. I have, yeah. But to be honest, felt... though, if you can get through it now, mate, you're winning. Yeah, you know do you mean? know what? I felt, I felt rotten. I felt absolutely rotten. Um, it's the worst like, time I... this is now, Dan. Yeah, yeah, you... yeah, hopefully. I'll, uh... First couple you... of weeks. To be honest, I think you've got another three days. Another three days for you to kind of get it all out of your system, and mm. then it's the habit... Of replacing something in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That's where you come in. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, that's why I said social distancing is the wrong time to do this. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, we're not going to talk about what I've been getting up to because you're just going to take the fucking piss. Hoss <laughs> the fucking green thumb. Yeah, so obviously a lot of the listeners would know that I've been planting various different things. And to be honest, I fully put all responsibility and blame on Grace. Mm -hmm. Grace Dickinson. Her, yes, that one. Yep. It's her fault entirely. She created a monster. You were already a monster. Well, well, I created a, a green monster. So basically, this lo- this lockdown has started, but well, just before the lockdown started, I kind of started this keto thing. Then the lockdown started, and I started the Couch to 5K program, which might I add, I did 2.5K the other day, so I'm doing all right. And now I'm starting to grow plants, and I put my name down for an allotment the other day. Um, you did not. You did not run two and a half miles. No, two and a half k kilometers. You did not run two and a half k. Well, I kind of dad dad trotted. <laughs> this is a conversation we had earlier. You like you fast walked. This is what you, you did. Yeah, it was both your feet off the ground at any one time. Yeah, flew at one point. I fell over. <laughs> yeah, he probably did run for about three hundred yards, and then Danny, he was done in. <laughs> I've put trail cams all around Sutton Park, and I haven't <laughs> captured him once. I swear to God. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, right? 
<laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. He's missed me a lot, man. Some of the messages I've had. It's a, it's a bit creepy, Mike. You've got to calm it down a bit, dude. It's not <laughs> what? It, it, it is strange. It's the I heavy breathing. Speak. It's the heavy breathing which gets me, mate. I don't like it. <laughs> I do. You send it to me. <laughs> and he'll take anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> I, I did say that it was strange because I've been busy and uh, we're usually chatting quite a bit. And I know you guys are uh, during the day. I haven't been involved in any of the chats. I, I usually I, speak to, I you, to you both Not gonna lie. on I, a regular I, basis. I, I, I rang your wife and was like, when's the funeral? Cause I, I thought you'd died. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well have at the moment. No, no, don't come back. <laughs> but, um, come back. But anyways, 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 this is a reptile podcast, and so far this has been about 14 minutes of us, me, 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 and I. Oh, I'm um, really excited for tonight. Oh. Bollocks to reptiles. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm getting rid of all mine. If anybody wants any, let me know. Oh, I'm, thinking no. of get, I'm thinking of getting rid oh, of my no, friends. No, I'm going to get rid I of am. my friends. Yeah, no, I'm getting nah. rid of my friends, mate. So if anyone wants any friends, let me know. I'm you're done. not allowed to get rid of all of them because if you get rid of all of them, then you're not a reptile keeper anymore. Well, Lisa Burrell's having a a, a, um, a pair and a dumbrel off me, and she, I she's am... having a pair. I'll, I'll be growing them soon. Pairs. Yeah, she's having my IJs oh, and a dumbrel, and I am. I, I honestly, I uh, any sensible offers for. Um, Darwin's, I, albino Darwin's. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna part with them. Right, okay, so a 36 multi pack of toilet roll, extra soft. Nah, Deal. So you know what? Four weeks ago, I'd have gone for that, but the ten a penny now, mate. Right, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, if our guest is listening and connected, can we get a single? Uh huh. If you he can hear me. Uh-huh. Oh, oh. That, that does things for me, that does. Does it really? <laughs> what, what's, that, uh-huh. what, what's that song, Danny? You're good at singing. Uh-huh, it's my shit. Oh, the birds. Well, it ain't no holler back, girl. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, well, I only just got one song you were talking about. Yeah, well, okay. Guess, um, can you please be quiet, please? You have been introduced. Thank you. Right, okay, so basically, um, we were looking for some guests for the podcast, trying to um, reach out, reach our reach further, reach, reach, right? I don't know. Reach the, out. Yeah, reach out. Reach out and touch people. No. Oh, my God, what's going on with you, with your singing tonight? Leave the singing to Dan. Do you know what? I, I know just that. Gonna, I'm just going to put my mic on mute and just let Hoss absolutely smash this. Because <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know what you've had, Hoss, but it's working. It's it. Crack on. Okay, so yeah, what you, what so you I, was, I was searching around, and I was on a snake IDing um, group on Facebook in Thailand. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking for, there's got to be someone on here who knows what they're talking about. Um, I couldn't find anyone. So I found this bloke called Charlie. And he seemed he seemed all right, you know, good-looking lad. Oh, He's currently do. in Thailand and whatnot. So I started talking to him. And I thought, right, okay, we'll get him on the show. I haven't got a clue <laughs> what tonight's going to end up like. Um, <laughs> but that's about it. So, Charlie... Mate. You're so full. Sorry, Charlie. Don't don't come in just yet. Hush, you're so full of shit, mate. You want a free holiday <laughs> to Thailand and you start yeah. crawling. All yeah. Thailand <laughs> travel, reptile groups, started stalking people. 
he was in that he was in that group type, looking away scrolling away the Dallas problem Patrick. is Hoss has now I'm turned into a hippie down. and I'm now down. he wants to go travelling and growing stuff <laughs> with his harem pants <laughs> who's going to look after your diet. Who's going to look after your allotment when you're fucking traipsing around Thailand go, go, picking go. up fucking ladyboys? Mother Nature will, don't worry about it. It's fine. Mother First Nature. thing you said to me is you can come on the podcast, but you got to give me a free holiday. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah absolutely and, right, and then, Charlie. We knew that. You fucking I wasn't, wasn't going to let it out, but... but, but, and then what, but to be honest, what you said <laughs> after that was, okay, if I come on the podcast, will you leave me alone? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we hear you now, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, I can understand why you agreed to come on, mate. Yeah, yeah. and then and then, and then he bit my finger, and then it was ugh, it was horrible. From there. <laughs> That's how me and Danny ended up coming ho- becoming hosts of this podcast because he wouldn't leave us alone. We was like, all right, well, come on, just no, just stop sake, all right. <laughs> so, so Charlie, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. It seems like we booked you absolutely weeks ago, um, but the, the date has finally come around for us to talk crap. Um, so do you want to, should we start by just a brief introduction of who you are and what you do currently? Sure. So um, currently I'm working on a spatial ecology project um, for two species of cobra that we have in Thailand, Lyosiamensis, the Indochinese spent cobra, and Lyocautia, the monocle cobra. Um, mm-hmm. It's not my project, but I'm working with other people. Um, and we basically track uh, how far they move, where they move, um, sort of what their interactions are with humans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's sort of what I do um, on a day-to-day basis. It's pretty exciting. Um, okay. I get to do what I absolutely love. Mate, it must be exciting. Like you're the most extreme herper I've seen. I've seen a picture of you, and you've got a helmet whilst herping. <laughs> oh, there's background to that one. I know. Okay, well, so we'll put a pin note in that. We'll get that into a bit. Um, because what I want to do is I want to, I want to get to know you first um, before we come okay. over to have our holiday, our free holiday. Um, so obviously you're originally from south of England, I'm guessing by the accent. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, right. so whereabouts are you originally from in England? And where did your um, hist- uh, where did where, where did where did oh, fucking I'll get your words out, you fat twat. Um, where did your interest in herpetology start? So I'm from Surrey, in London. So Greater London, um, and I think my it sparked. I, I had a boa constrictor that we rescued when I was very young. I think I probably had it from when I was about three. Um, obviously, it was not mine. It was my father's. <laughs> and we rescued that from a friend who had a reptile shop that closed down. Um, and we, well, we, when I was three, I helped my dad go to go to quite big lengths to build this big vivarium to make it nice. And we kept it for a long while after that. Um, and that was, I think, that was when my passion started for snakes. Oh, it's um, nice. It's nice that you had, you know, your dad that was also interested at the same time. Mm, yeah, involved in it together. Was, That's nice. Yeah, exactly. So, and after that, I we were sort of known in the area for loving snakes and being crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So people would always call us because um, I think it's quite a big problem in the UK actually that people buy corn snakes or rat snakes for their kids as pets and then they just let them go. What do you and mean was? 
Yeah, we seem to have oh, an, influx, sorry, yeah. an influx of that. Still, that's still, that's still there. Yeah. <laughs> was as in, I oh. used to be in the UK <laughs> dealing with that. But, but yeah, no, yeah. so a lot of people would find them in their airing cupboards or sheds or any, any place that was warm because obviously the snakes would try and go there because they're not non-native to the UK. Yeah, they would, they would call me and I would take them in. Um, I'd always have vivs ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't actually think I've ever, I think maybe I've had one reptile that I've actually purchased while I was in the UK. Yeah. I must have had about 15 different snakes just from people calling me and saying, listen, I've got the snake. Um, okay, so jumping the gun just a little bit, obviously in Thailand you'll come across <clears throat> constrictors, venomous and all that. So you had no prior venomous experience in the UK before you went over by the sounds of that? Not in the UK, no, definitely not. Um, only in Thailand. Okay, so that, that's quite mad really, isn't it? Because a lot of people you hear and they have either collections or hands-on experience over here and then they kind of go over with the intentions of this is what I'm going to do and I kind of know what I'm, you know, doing, so to speak. Um, and obviously you seem like a very competent handler some of the photos and the animals and the call lights that we've all, you know, discussed already are absolutely amazing. Um, so how did you kind of like progress from um, being almost this like, you know, independent rescue, helping everyone else's animals out. How did you end up in the situation you are currently in? Okay, so I was I was actually a chef for like two and a half years, which is kind of crazy because it's like stream, quite different jobs. Um, yeah. and I was doing that. I love cooking and I love food. But I think my passion has always been with animals, and I was sort of doing that because that was that fell upon my lap. So I was doing that for a while. And I was on my way to work one day and I saw it advertised on the actual group that you're in, um, past the okay. uh, snakes snake page. And I saw this um, this advertised and I, was, I literally, I saw it and I was like, that, that sounds like my dream. I've been going to Thailand for 12 years already. My, my father lived there, lives there now, lives here now. And, um, and I was like, this is perfect. I get to work with my favorite animals on the planet. And I get to do what I love uh, in a country that I love. So it was sort of like a dream come true, really. And I spoke to the people here, and I came out here about two months after after applying. Right. Can I can I just say, so, guys? Um, we can just kick him off now if you want. Yeah, I agree. It's not. It's not no, fair. Want, is it? goes. No way. Yeah. I want to hear more about it. It sounds <sighs> absolutely. Should we just leave these two to it, Hoss? fascinating Mike, to be honest i think it's about time mike pulls it out of the bag because he let us down last week so <laughs> wow you've already messed it up mate you've gone you've gone from our guest being three years old right up until how he'd been in thailand well, we've well, had no in between no build-up mate <laughs> i can't trust you with anything possible. okay but, but, but what we're gonna do now is we're gonna do we're gonna do a chris newman Right, and obviously this, take means, it right back. this means nothing to you, Charlie, but we're going to take it right back now. So, <laughs> go on, you take it away, Michael. I'll let you do it. Do you know, do you know what? The one thing that sticks out to me is, um, Charlie, you've got a lot of friends on Facebook, yeah? Okay. And, you know, between the three of us, we've got quite a lot of friends, especially in the reptile community. Okay. Um, and and we have got, I've got one mutual friend with yourself so you're oh, yeah. keeping exactly. yourself you're, you're right out of that it's not like you're doing it and putting it into all the groups you're just doing it for you by the sound of it well yeah i mean it's rewarding for me i don't i don't really share what i do because i don't there's nothing 
I don't do it to make friends or doing it like I just do it yeah like you said for me and for everyone else like it's rewarding for me to help educate people and help people out with snakes in Thailand is people don't really like snakes here um, the Thai people for the most part anyway um, they're generally quite scared and quite uneducated about them yeah and, 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 and have you got a reasoning why they're scared of the snakes is this something that's been installed into them from a young age yeah, like, I think it's just lack of education. And like you said, yeah, like it's been installed in them from a young age. Um, I think they have a lot of kill on site, like, no matter what the snake is. Um, and I, I don't blame them. Like, this is, this is how they are. They live in, like, uh, well, where I am is rural villages, um, and they would just rather not deal with the problem um, or yeah. take the risk, you know? So, so... You're out there doing what you do now. Um, it ha- you've been out there for a for a good while now. This isn't something that you started last year. How long have you been out there for? Well, so I've been on this project now only three months, but I've been coming to Thailand and sort of experienced this for a lot longer um, in my village as well. It's very similar to here. Um, I say my village, like the area my, my father lives, is very similar to here. So I've experienced this sort of... Um, I've experienced this um, mentality towards snakes for a little while. Yeah, because you, you were saying you were saying earlier that um, in the village that you and your father first lived, that you were you were the only two Westerners in that village, yeah. um, which seems mad. Um, so I don't know what's going through the listener's mind at the moment, but I can imagine this kind of like bamboo style village, um, <laughs> not much really going on. I'm probably painting the complete wrong picture, uh, but somewhat quite, um, quite rural. Yeah. And then you got these two. It Westerners. is rural, yeah. You know, these two Westerners rock up, and they're literally their reaction is, "Huh, what's this? Who are you?" Um, yeah. So, what, 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 what was that? What's that like? Um, or have I got completely the wrong end of the stick with this? No, no, that's that's definitely correct. Even even now, and I've been going there for a while. Even now, I drive around, and I get looks like some people maybe haven't seen me or are new to the area, because it's just it's it's not a tourist destination. That's the thing. Um, there's their primary income there is agriculture, so rice or or sugarcane or whatever it may be. Um, so tourists don't really go there, which is a shame because I think it's lovely. It's beautiful there. The markets are incredible, and um, it's a lot of Thailand that people haven't seen. Um, but for the most part, everyone's really accepting. Like for the little English they'll speak, they'll try and talk to you. Um, fortunately, I've okay. learned quite a lot of Thai, but they'll be interested in why you're here and. Okay, so what you're doing? That, that was my next question going to be. So your your tie's pretty good then. Um, yeah, I would say I can definitely get by. That's for sure. Okay, so how do you say it's reptile and chill is the best? <laughs> oh, reptile and chill, DT sort. That's that, that sh- that shit. I, 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 that was way too quick. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need a longer sentence. Come on, think, think of some guys. Oh no! <laughs> no. Why, 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 why'd you put the guests on the spot like this? Be- because I'm thinking of all the possibilities. <laughs> oh come on, you. What did Hannah Pollock do? Have you not seen the start of that podcast? Yes. Uh, yeah, I have seen the start. Of that right, okay, and the, the, the certain thing that she said that we are, have now ruined her entire career because that's she's going to be known as. Put her on the spot a bit. Exactly. So you have to do this to people. Um, okay, so 
you're now working for these concert. So tell us more about this conservation project that you are, and I don't even know how, I, I, sure. how, how we can go about this. Um, tell us. I want, yeah, I want to know about it. But I'll, like, what do you do? Like, I'm looking at the photos, Charlie, and mm. you know the animals and the reptiles and the snakes that you're coming across are, you know, they are some. When you see these type of <laughs> pit vipers in the wild it's extraordinary so just wanna, just yeah do you want to go through the setting that you're you're based at first so what what, sure. kind of, what the atmosphere so, is and whatnot so we're based on a research station um it's just out from a little village um so here is like a small we have like our own small little village just of people okay. researching uh, the animals and whereabouts is that in bangkok oh, in Thailand, uh, sorry. It's, it's in the north uh, northeast of Thailand, uh, in an area, a region of Thailand called Isan, um, and we're just outside um, a big town called Korat, um, which is one of the biggest towns in this area. Okay. Um, and yeah, and you say you're living in sort of like a, a, a research centre with exactly. all different types of people. So, so what would that research centre be made up of with regards to the people that are that are working there? So all the people that work on the research station are Thai, and then the people that are researching animals here are people from various different places, and we are researching various different animals here. Um, so there's lots of different projects, people doing their PhDs here. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty – it's awesome. Because uh, you get to talk to a lot of people that see amazing things when they're researching these animals. And, and 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 have you done any sort of like have you had to, have you gone to have you done any sort of like a phd degrees in in any anything with regards to that or is it literally all experience with yourself pretty much all experience um i i studied at college um i studied animals at college um but i did not go to university which is i'm kind of the outlier here because most people have been to university or something um but don't I, don't don't knock that, mate. Honestly, I I see. I mean, I'm in construction, and I see, you know, a lot of people that go into senior management who have who have got done a degree in it. Um, but but honestly, uh, experience <laughs> goes without saying. Uh, Hands-on experience well, well, is well, far more valuable most of the time. You've got to think about it logically, right? So you're in the jungle or the rice paddies or whatever, and you come across Mr. Big Stroppy Cobra, right? <laughs> now, does that little bit of experience help you or that book or that certificate that you've got help you? You know what I mean? Because mate, if, if if Danny's flapping around and saying, well, I've got a degree in ca catching cobras, I'm going to be like, yeah, you ain't going anywhere near it, mate. But why, it, why, why, did, why, why does my name have to come because, up in that? Because... <laughs> Because if I said that to Mike, Mike would have a fanny fit about it. Because Mike has I think hands on. I think Hoss has just got to be the boss all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to be honest with you, Hoss, though, you're saying that. I mean, we can't take anything away from people who've worked really, really hard to get the degree. 100%. Yes. Yes, when it comes against that situation, but then when it comes to writing a paper on something, it's it's totally different. So so mm -hmm. there is there's horses for they both they both have yeah, drinks. Yeah, yeah, but really really important to not just have people with the PhDs and the, and the degrees yeah, and right. the zoology. It's also to have people with experience with regards to you know the environment that you're working in, where to find the animals, how to react when you find the animals, what time of day to yeah. go out to find the animals. These 
they work hand in hand. Yeah, so let, let, let's yep. talk a bit, little bit about the field craft and whatnot. So, obviously, you were a young young kid uh, in your chef whites applying for these. Yeah. Um, you've been to Thailand a couple of times before. You were yeah. saying. So, when did you start herping and whatnot? And how did you get your hands-on experience with handling cobras and you know vipers and that kind of thing? So I don't have anywhere near the amount of experience that these guys have here handling. Like it makes me look like nobody. Um, like well, not not like nobody. That makes it sound bad. But these guys are seriously incredible. Um, here, like something that I would like to remark upon is like we really don't want to handle any snakes if possible. We really want to observe them in their absolute natural habitat, and we don't want to disturb them. Even them seeing us or us walking near them affects how they behave um so ideally we will have as little contact with any of these animals as possible um and if we do have to handle a snake or anything we uh, minimize any risk and we minimize any stress on the animals um so some of the techniques that these guys have come up with over the years and protocols is incredible um that do all of these things. So we're not here like handling cobras every day, like doing crazy stuff like that. We're here trying to, if we, if we see a pit viper, for example, I may take some photos of it. Um, but I, I like, we try not to use any flash equipment or do any fancy stuff. Like you've seen some photos that I've sent you, but there'll be, maybe I'll take one photo of like five different pit vipers. I'll see, I'll note the location, what time it was, the weather, things like that. And I'll move on. That'll be it. So I'm not I'm not like going out to the forest and picking up vipers or doing anything like that. Um, that's absolutely not what we do. Yeah, and I think that's a that's obviously the sensible way to do things, you know. And I do see lots of people that go out on these amazing herping trips, and uh, you know they're 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 picking up a lot of animals. I mean, we get criticised in the in the UK. If you go and see an adder, anybody touches it, bang. And then the person yeah, who's moaning imagine. about picking up an adder then goes on a herping holiday to costa rica and there you can see him holding <laughs> you know a snake in the jungle and i'm like what you've just criticized somebody for yeah. handling one in the uk and then you're grabbing one in the, yeah, in, in the rainforest okay. and i'd probably be the first to say that you know the best thing is to leave them alone and this but it's just like and i've said it multiple times if i go to australia and i see a carpet python i am picking it up and <laughs> like, I, i'm probably gonna hate myself for doing it and but it's just the sheer excitement that i am i am going to, to do it and hopefully i don't and i do decide that you know to do the moral thing and it's the same with ticks you know behave if i come out to, to, to thailand or wherever and i come across a reticulated python and it doesn't look like it wants to eat me then more than likely i am going to try and you know at least work with it or move it or um yes to be to be fair i actually believe that you won't touch any of the snakes because i think they're all going to want to eat you I don't, that's just, that's, <laughs> oh, there's a thing there's a thing you know what i mean you know it, it, it's an animal it's probably going to want to eat yeah, you so, so obviously so. charlie you wouldn't know this but it doesn't matter what it is whether it's a corn it, snake a cane just toad, wants to kill half. tortoise they mm -hmm. all want me to bleed Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I, no, I, no one else. No one else. Just Hoss. 
he must emit this odour that just really offends snakes. <laughs> You've got rid of animals, Huss, who have like wanted to kill you every single day all of your life. And then <laughs> a week later, like, oh, you speak to someone and go, oh, yeah, really soft. I, I handle really them on a daily out. basis. Really <laughs> <Yeah>. chill. <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, well, see. Huh. That Bismarck. What's his name? Yeah, Mr. Ginger. Hmm. Not even. Oh, ben I'm not, ben. No, don't even. No, don't, don't even go there. Right. So <laughs> I say to him, I, 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 he bought a pair of Bismarck ring pythons off me, and I says, "Look, the male is tasty. Just leave, leave him be. You know, what I mean, he stresses, he's flighty, he, he will chase you round the room." So, Mr. Fucking Big Bollocks, Danny here. We're in the, the animal's cold, you know what I mean? It, we're, we're dropping it off. Picks it up, no problem. Obviously, the animal's cold. Ben then picks it up, you know, takes it up, gets it home and goes, Matt, I don't know what you're on about, you're full of shit. I went, wait. Se- second day, obviously, it's now in a heated enclosure. Second day, mate, you're still full of shit. The third day, geezer's warmed up. And mullers him, doesn't nail him, doesn't bite him gently. The only word to describe what happened to Ben was he got mullered. <laughs> right. Um, and he, he was just like, yeah, it packs a punch. You know, and he was just like, that's what it is. I wasn't lying. Got a good bite in him yeah. there, haven't they? they um, I think he was just trying to make you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> he said, He said it's an absolute puppy dog to me. <laughs> I, I, I saw the bruising, mate, to be honest. Double cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you <they're> bastard. <laughs> right then, Hoss is talking too much and soon he's going to get onto allotments. Let's get it straight back. I'm, wor- I'm worried he's going to start yawning. Charlie. What is 2am here now? Two, is it 2am? Oh my uh, word. It's part mate. See, I woke up specially for you guys. You mean you woke up? You should be awake. It's party time. <laughs> we, we've seen all, we've, on a Wednesday. We've seen all the videos, all the local ties going nuts over beer like toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen all that. Okay, so where, where you're based and whatnot, um, obviously, we, we always think, right, okay, you go to all these exotic countries and whatnot, and there's just reptiles everywhere. Is it a case of you have to go look for them, or is it you're walking down the path and, oh, there's a pit viper, oh, there's, there's a rustic over there, or is there some form of you have to still go look for them? So it can happen both ways, really. It depends on weather. It depends on like lots of different things. So like if we've had heavy rains, we'll get Malayan pit vipers, which is one of the worst species to get bit by out here. Um, like If you get tagged by one of those, you're probably going to lose a limb or wherever right. you get tagged. Um, like, if you get a bit in the foot, you're going to lose a toe or something. Like, it's mm-hmm. not it's not pretty. Um, but we get those outside our house pretty frequently after rains. Um, we, we had one in the toilet uh, last week. Um, and they come out because, obviously, when it rains, you get lots of frogs, and they like to feed upon frogs, just, as do most species of snake yeah, just, yeah. Ima- just imagine that. Like, you're, you're absolutely busting for a shit. You go into the toilet and there's a Malayan pit viper, and you can't just go for a poo. You've got to deal with this first. You've got to get it out because you know that you're going to sit there and you're going to be just before you wipe in, and it's going to come down and nail you. So you've got to get rid of it whilst you're trying to hold it in. That's the worst possible experience, I think, in the world. <laughs> I, I struggle to go anywhere in the UK without my camera. I can't imagine like 
going to the toilet and having to take my camera with me. <laughs> well, some, some people make good money doing that, mate. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what the phone numbers are for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> so, it, go on, Hoss. No, no, I'm not going to interrupt no, you no, this week. I'll just use that as you were. So you took your phone. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, so some days, like, some days you see loads of stuff, some days you see nothing. Like, the other day I went out to look for snakes intentionally, and I saw maybe, like, one green pit viper the whole night for, like, four hours. And then I come back home, and literally outside the house, there's another green pit viper and a little um, cuckoo snake, um, or a ligodon, they're called. Is that that a crate-looking thing? Uh, No, that was was a bridal snake. so that we get them a lot around here as well. Um, kukri snakes have uh, sharp teeth, like the kukri dagger, and that's why they get their name. And they eat eggs a lot, which is why they have sharp teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can puncture eggs and break eggs. Um, I've also heard other savage stories of them, like uh, gnawing off limbs of frogs to eat them. <laughs> if the frog isn't big enough, they'll just... Honestly, yeah. is that that kind of whole like in, in, indigo snake? Yeah, I'd grab it and smash it round until bits fly off. Because indigos do. Yeah, that, indigo snakes are savage. <laughs> yeah, I think indigos are pretty savage. So, but yeah, no, it's, it, it is quite dangerous around here. Not dangerous, but I mean, obviously the snakes don't want to be around you. But we live. Our research station is in the middle of the forest, so it's wicked because we get to see lots of animals. We we have we've had king cobras come into the station. Um, Cool. Uh, Scary, but cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. So we get to live like right amongst it here. But you're talking um, reptiles, but there's also other animals there that are quite dangerous as well. Travel. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you guys heard, 40 kilometers away from here in another park called Tapland, someone was killed by a tiger. Um, so wow. recently, I think it was about two weeks ago. Um, he went out to the forest, I think, on his own. And was was Carol Baskin there? Body. Oh God! Goddamn <laughs> <laughs> Carol Baskin! <laughs> yeah, so we we get lots of mammals as well here, which is which is not what I expected. I was like, oh yeah, loads of snakes, and then like we have seventy nine different species of mammals just yeah. here as well. I just wanted um, to, some of them wanted to kill you. No, not only that though, you got you got tarantulas and stuff over there as well, haven't you? Um, yeah, thankfully, organs, well, yeah. Yeah, scorpions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't have tigers on the reserve I'm on, but mm-hmm. I mean, like this tiger was forty kilometers away, and a tiger can easily go that distance. So I don't know who knows. Yeah, but that's not that's not that. Yeah, that's not that far, really. When you think about it, no. you know, they'll they'll trek easily that far in a couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, yeah. but in terms of um, we have leopard cats as well here. Um, we also have. Um, Clouded, I think we have clouded leopards, although yeah. not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, we do have them there, but they're, they're like super elusive animals. They're not going to be seen often. What about the elephants, mate? Um, do, do you come across the elephants? <laughs> so in this in this area, we don't have them. Is uh, okay. in like this reserve. However, the um, reserve that's slightly north of me called Kauai is one of the biggest national parks we have and they do have elephants there it's just as well as tigers it's just I'm, cool. just I'm sitting here thinking like 
I'm lucky if I look out my window. Are you thinking, I, about, I see a, I you're see thinking about your free trip? That's all you're thinking <laughs> no, about. I'm just thinking like <laughs> oh, the wildlife we've got and whatnot, and you're you're in this research facility, and it's just like oh well, yeah, we occasionally have king cobra just coming to the facility. It's just like you jammy git. Like <laughs> I bet, I'll tell you what though, I bet I bet the um, I bet if you were to you know tell you know some of the ties or whatever that what you get in Britain, they'd probably be pretty jealous as well. They'd be like, oh, wow, I'd love to see that, you know? Yeah. You know, I've, I've, sp- I've spoken to, you know, a number number of people from um, sort of all around the world, you know, and they've, it, it always seems like that. We always seem really jealous of what yeah, they've got in the exactly. wild, but we don't really see it from That's the other point the of view. Yeah. So I'm guessing you've been obviously going there over the last 12 years and whatnot. Um, have you got any funny old stories or weird stuff that you can share with us that are kind of like either, you know, either being completely deluded and messed up or like knocked your back a bit <laughs> um oh god there's plenty i don't know whether oh you can you can tell us we're, all of them don't we're, worry we're not pg rated <laughs> you can do what you want mate <laughs> <laughs> um well i've heard of well a lot Lots of ties like to eat snake as well. Um, I heard of a story from one of these guys that they actually tracked a king cobra to someone's kitchen and they were cooking it. Um, no. What a yeah. See, now, how, do you, how do you feel about that, right? So if you went over, right, and you, I don't know, were tracking all this, that, and the other, and you ended up in a tribal village somewhere and they offered you food and they <laughs> told you it was snake, yeah, do you know what? Would yeah. you would yeah. would you try it? No, I wouldn't actively go out there and kill or buy <clears throat> like python meat or whatever. <clears throat> but I think if it was there, like it isn't wrong because this is what they've done. This is their tradition. It's just like me and you going out and shooting a rabbit. You know, people wouldn't have yeah. for doing that. It, yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. So have, yeah, you, have you tried uh, snake meat? I haven't. No. Now, would would you or? Yeah, I might do. I mean, depends on circumstances. Like, I've heard of people getting really sick from snake meat as well. Um, Honestly, so so I don't know. Mm. It depends really. Like, they can have lots of parasites and lots of bacteria, so it's not cooked properly. It's not. It's not too great. But, undercooked, um, undercooked. Yeah, mate. Not be, yeah, not you're not worried about that. But yeah, like again. I, I don't have like problems with people eating them, but I mean, we have protected species here, like king cobras and spitting cobras are threatened and they are protected. Um, so, I mean, they shouldn't really be doing that. But yeah, I've I've always said that I'd be happy to try, you know, local cuisines, but I do draw the line at fucking snails. Oh, oh snails are great. I do. Nah. Like, I do nah. like snails. I'm yeah, not gonna I, lie. I've got to admit, I'm I'm nah. looking forward to going over and munching on a tarantula. How can you be looking oh, forward to that? Do you know, the funny thing is, like, they, they, them, sell these, they sell these scorpions and tarantulas. I've never seen a Thai person eat one. Nah. <laughs> yeah, it's so all show. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, they, they eat insects. Like, um, what a delicacy here, especially, is um, red ant eggs. So oh, okay. they'll, go and, they'll go and open up the red ant, the red weaver ant nest. They also. Um, these ants, like they, um, when they have pupae, they mm-hmm. tickle the pupae and they pr- produce the silk. And they, can you say uh, that again, please? Please, please, please say it again. 
<laughs> they tickle the pupae. Ah, oh, they tickle and the pupae. They produce the, they, <laughs> they produce the silk and they stick leaves together. Um, so, so they'll go and open up and take Here's... the eggs and they'll eat the eggs. But, but okay. we do the same over here. Our delicacy is caviar, which is fish's eggs. Yeah. True. You so know, Char- what I mean? Charlie, Charlie, here's here's a question. When you're when you're out and about with you know um, with with the guys, the Thai guys, mm. <laughs> if you will, um, is is there? Do they if they get hungry, like you know, do they do they eat? As they're going around, you know, oh, you know, these are good. These are good to eat, you know. And you just look at it, and they're like eating a worm or some shit. <laughs> 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 it, I can imagine that. Like you're out, you're out herping, and uh, you know, you feel oh, a bit peckish. You know, mate goes, oh yeah, try this. You know, this is nice, and you, just hand you this you, fucking you, worm. You've been watching, <laughs> you've been watching Jungle Book and The Lion King too much. Yeah, yeah. reality. Nah. I bet I bet there is an element of that. There must be, you know, like you know, you, you go around and you know, you, if you're out, you know, I mean, Hoss Hoss might call him call himself the 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 brumming wildling thing, whatever it is. But I bet he don't know how to eat fucking berries. Yeah, no, it's a real hard thing to learn. That is, mate. Yeah, so, I, I know, I know a few, like, but they're the ones that most like people would know. Like I know well, I like blackberries. I, like blackberries, I know slows, um uh, Slows. Yeah, sl- slowberries. Slowberries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do they look like? Look like slowberries. <laughs> I bet you get them mixed <laughs> up. What colour are they? I, I, I bet they, you get they, them mixed up. <laughs> they don't look far different than, than a blackcurrant, to be honest. Um <laughs> but and I know this because my parents got them at the caravan. Um They're all down. But, down but there's there's, there's <laughs> loads and loads and loads of things that I'd I'd probably go, you know what, I think that's that. But let's not bother because it might be yeah. this instead. And I don't want to die. What what is Same what is the weirdest thing? What is the weirdest thing you've eaten out while while you've been out herping, Charlie? Oh dude, I don't really think there's I think that's actually I don't really have something that's it, it is a strange chef. <laughs> it's like I, I don't eat weird shit, I'll cook it all properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean you must go out like, you know, for hours on end and think, Oh man, I've I've got to eat, but right, you can't just you know, just go back to the, the here, here's, a, here's a question for you. So you being originally from Surrey, <laughs> what is yeah. the most um thing that's made you go, Fuck shit, I am a Westerner. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I've been coming here since I was so young. There's not too much that I'm like not accustomed to from when I was quite young, to be honest. Um, when you see like five people on a small motorbike, like it makes makes <laughs> yeah. you like, wow, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, or you see people like carrying massive ladders on their motorbikes as well, or they've got like trees hanging off the back of cars. Um, I've seen someone sleeping in the back of a pickup, like on top of a load of stuff. Um, before. Yeah. There's a, the, the laws are to, the laws and rules and and just the, what they're used to over there is totally yeah. different to here, isn't it? Uh, for sure, the most dangerous thing I do here is ride a motorbike, like without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. You see 100%. some you see some really dodgy stuff. Like I got I get sent videos and stuff that make me cringe sometimes. Like ah. yeah, see now I, I, I'm more game for that to get a, a motorbike or a scooter to travel around with. Now I said this to Mrs. Brenner, the Mrs. can't even ride a bike like a bicycle, and I'm just. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, Petri <laughs> half on a little scooter, right? You don't know. <laughs> that scooter ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Bastard. But, but then you look into a place, and then like, it's the amount of miles that you're doing, and then the roads, and then it's just like, you know what? I'm going to take the sleeper train instead. That seems like a, a more sensible option because they are. They're, they're absolutely just. They're off. Their, they're off their tits. Literally, It'd take your weight uh, as well. Um, my brother went. Prison, my brother went to Thailand, right? And uh, he got measured up for two suits when he first got to Bangkok. Uh, then he went to Phuket, and then he come back to Bangkok and had to pick up his suits. And he had a motorbike taxi to get the suits. He said it was the most terrifying thing he's ever, ever yeah. done. He said, like, his knees, because he's a big guy, his knees were literally denting car <laughs> panels as they were racing through the street. No. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Okay, no. But it's the greatest <laughs> way to get around in Bangkok because it's so congested and there's so much traffic everywhere. Motorbike yeah. taxis are really popular to get around. That's Unbelievable. Funny. Let's, nice. let's get back to some of the reptiles. And it's something How I just you... wanted to ask. Sorry, guys. You, you, Charlie, you was talking earlier about sort of like going out of, uh, of an evening. Is that, is that where you tend to spend a lot of your time going out of an evening to look for, for, for certain reptiles and animals? Absolutely. The great thing about working here is everyone here is super passionate about what I am as well, like reptiles. So... Uh, most obviously before the curfew we have a curfew here now so we have to be back okay. uh, at home or in the station at 10 fortunately we are in the middle of a forest so it's not too bad yeah. i can go out into the forest um but one of our favorite spots is a little bit outside of the station so we, we used to go there a lot so after we're all done track with tracks or whatever we're doing for that day we'll i'll say all right we'll go we'll go look for whatever and we'll just go out and we'll go see what's around and we'll take note of everything that's there as well so it's part pleasure part research um, mm -hmm. and then if we find something extremely interesting we'll bring it back to the station take some data on it um, take some information because um, obviously there's some snakes here that are not uh, as common or yeah maybe yeah so what, what would you say so that's typically what, we do. Yeah. what would you say are the uh, most common species that you come across Easily the large-eyed pit viper, Tremerosaurus macrops. That is mm. everyone. They're stunning, um, aren't they? Lovely. Yeah, the uh, photo I sent you is a bird species, which is super, super lucky because they are awesome. Yeah. Um, like if if I go out of an evening and I don't see one or two, then it would be a weird like it would be a weird evening. Wow. <laughs> um, so Come on. we do get we do get two other species of uh, that um, in that genus as well. Um, that, in my opinion, are even more beautiful than that one. <laughs> wow, cool. So, since we're since we're talking about genuses and stuff now, can we get down to the nitty gritties? I want to I want to ask a question. Is that okay, Hoss? If you, if you want to, like. Oh, thank, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so earlier we was chatting about um, uh, the king cobras. So you've got, I mean, the cobras. Sorry. So you've got three, yeah, three species of in air quotations true cobras Correct. and then, the and then yeah and then the one species on its own which is a king cobra yep so can you explain to everyone including myself because i don't know why 
king cobras are not classed as a true cobra. And why it's, species it's the same bird. thing as with like, humans. I didn't ask you. No, but it, it's Fatty. the same Point thing. That, like, you don't understand it. I explained this the other day. It's like the difference between hoss and humans. It's the same thing, <laughs> but we're just special. Yeah, kind of the same, but not quite the same. <laughs> In a world of your own, aren't you, Hoss? Yeah, I'm a legend of man, man. <laughs> So, to my knowledge, the reason why king cobras are not considered true cobras is I think it's mostly because of their diet, um, which is of eating other snakes which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their genus, Ophiohagus, means snake eater. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, from what I understand, most other cobras will not consume or actively consume other snakes or mm-hmm. practice Ophiophagy, which is the consumption of snakes. Yeah. So that's, uh, to my knowledge, what the main reason is. Um, okay. Um, obviously, they're called the king cobra, but they're under a totally separate genus. Mm-hmm. And and you get is it three other species of cobra there? Yeah, so in this region of Thailand we get um Niasiamensis, which is the Indochinese spin cobra, mm-hmm. Niacaltia, which is the monocle cobra, and then down south in Thailand we get Naya Sumatrana, which is the equatorial spin cobra, which is definitely a sighting if you see one of those. That's rare to see. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I would say cobras are fairly prevalent here to be honest. Um I think they seem to be doing very well. Yeah, I would say. And they, and they and they um, am I right in saying that the Thais um wor- basically worship the king cobra? Do they not? Um, I don't know about that, but they they I've heard some weird things though. They like I've heard things that um, there's one king cobra in every clutch of eggs that that come from like monocle cobras or spitting cobras. <laughs> so I've heard weird mm-hmm. myths like that, um, which obviously is not the case. No, <laughs> I think some people have. I've heard people say that, and I've heard people at the station say that that's what they've heard as well. People say, um, "Yeah, I don't want to like like what we're doing here. We've affected, I think, people in the village so much. Like everyone always, whenever I, they see me tracking, they're always interested and they ask where the snake is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time." especially with the spitting cobras, we find they prefer the agricultural habitats mm-hmm. and the human settlement habitats, whereas our monocle cobras prefer um, the jungles and the forests, so they're significantly harder to track normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think so, what you were saying was they're, they're very passionate. They don't they don't worship the animal. They're, you're getting people now educated and they're becoming very exactly. passionate about, yeah. you know, well, I think that, I've that seen animal. It, I think I've seen it on TV a few times that, you know, that, you know the, the, the locals tend to sort of see it as like a, a, a godlike being, if you know what I mean, I and think, tend to I sort think, of worship. I think that might worship. be... Um, like individual tribes, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I, it's I think, more individual think, rather than a whole place. I think the work that you're doing as well is to help educate people. So you've got these r- rural areas where who they have to clear these parts, you know, to make rice paddies or whatever agricultural land to be able to live and survive. And unfortunately, these animals lived there before, so they now move back into the lands that the land that was once theirs, and mm. we all have to kind of like live happily together. Um, and people get bit and people die. So all of a sudden, people start trying to kill these animals because they don't understand and and whatnot. And then people like yourself come along and say, "Well, no, we don't need to do this. We can we can work with them. We can we can move them, 
um, mm-hmm. and not kill Absolutely. them because That's... they're controlling the rats or the, and the, the, the mm-hmm. you know the rodents exactly. which then are eating your rice and so forth and you know so in in fact the snakes being there is probably better for your success anyway exactly um, and the thing is with cobras is like if unlike pit vipers which unfortunately they will for the most part sometimes stand their ground or they will rely on their camouflage for you not to see them cobras will let you know they're there they'll hood up they'll hiss um mm-hmm. for the most part uh, especially a king cobra where you, you can miss it <laughs> well yeah, yeah. exactly um, <laughs> so for the most part cobras are highly intelligent uh, snakes mm-hmm. and they'll definitely let you know they're there they're, they'll hood up they'll hiss and uh if you step back i'd say nine times out of ten they'll go the other way and mm-hmm. that's in my experience yeah. and that's what i've seen here yeah. they actually i mean to be fair they have like sort of one of one of the best displays of giving you a warning you know a warning display so, you know absolutely like, i'm here i'm they, here i'm big i'm dangerous and they're noisy as well aren't they you know yeah. that they, they, you can hear them you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's funny, you know, you said that, Charlie, you know, some of these vipers and pit vipers and, and, and things that are very, very well camouflaged, they're the ones really you got to work because they would just stay still. They won't warn you. You'll just mm-hmm. happen to, unfortunately, put your hand somewhere where it shouldn't be and you'll mm-hmm. get tagged because they're just defending themselves and, uh, yeah. you know, where they'll just keep still to try and, you know, keep I was watching. Way. I was watching the... Um... Oh, who was it? Uh, Brian um, Fry? Brian Fry. Yeah. Um, I was watching his uh, one of his documentaries the other day, and uh, he was saying uh, how you know a, a lot of people over that you know over that way ties are, are getting bitten by the vipers in um, in the fruit trees and that when you know they're picking fruits and stuff and they're yep. literally minding their own business, reaching for a fruit, bang. Straight by, you know, by pit yeah. viper, and that's that's gnarly. You didn't see that there. It doesn't give you any warning whatsoever. And that is that is the species that has the most bites here. Yeah. Um, so because they come in contact with people so exactly. much. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately that's how it happens. But we we have a lot of stuff in place now. Like um, unfortunately, recently it hasn't been happening. But we have schools coming here. When I first started before covid and stuff mm-hmm. we had schools coming all the time and we do education se- uh, sessions um we have a few captive species here mm-hmm. um that have been donated to us from snake farms or something like that so we keep them very well and uh, we also use them as educational ambassadors for their species yeah. um so we'll explain to them we'll do uh, we'll explain to them the curves will hood up <laughs> and tell you that they're there but however the vipers are sitting weight predators so you need to be a lot more aware mm-hmm. um there, there. Um, Charlie, we had a, a one of a fantastic guest, and the guys all, all know who I'm talking about um, from from South Africa called Dedeh, and oh, he yeah, was saying that over in Africa, um, uh, a lot of people are getting. Uh, there's a lot less people getting bitten now through education, and what it is is because people used to get bit by actually trying to attack the snake or kill the snake. So. Now they've been educated. If you leave it alone, it will work, it will move away. That mm. now the 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 rate of people getting bit has dropped dramatically just from that alone. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. and especially as if you can affect them at a young age, if you can make them understand that these animals aren't there to bite you, mm-hmm. like they're they're here, they're eating rats, and if they've come into your home, it's probably because 
your home, you've created a perfect habitat for them. You've given yeah. them prey, you've given Mess them shelter. Some chickens. And, yeah. 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 And that's that's what I've seen a lot of unfortunately here is like they've um they have they're throwing their food waste out the back of their house or whatever. So that in turn brings rodents and mm-hmm. which in turn brings snakes. Yeah. Um, and the amount of like, spitting cobras we have in houses is is like we get them pretty often. Mm-hmm. Do you find that um sort of teaching people that um teaching people that they're not there to hurt them necessarily is is sort of the easy part but it's when someone sees a snake and they're like okay you know i can get rid of it this once i can leave it alone and it will it will do its own thing and it'll go the other other way that's fine but then do you find that they're still worried that it's just going to come back and come back and come back and you know one day they're not going to be so lucky to see it so does that do you think that that like puts an element of fear in their minds for the future? Sure. I mean, maybe. I mean, we live in snake country. Like, when you live in snake country, you have to expect these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amazing thing is, like, when we do track spitting cobras to people's houses, nine times out of ten, they don't even know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be under there. We have one under an oven um, mm. the other day. Um and they didn't even, they didn't know that snake was there. <laughs> so, how do they how do they react when that happens? We're like, oh my god, there's actually a deadly animal. And, yeah, in my and kitchen. this varies. Some people find it quite funny. <laughs> um, some people don't like it at all. They panic. Um, they'll tell me, oh, that we have kids here. Like, what happens when we go to the toilet at night? Yeah. And sure, which but you can, mean, which before, you can understand. Absolutely, but before yeah. we we tracked this snake, it was there for sure. Like yeah. it has a home range that it frequents and it's probably been in your house 10 times, 12 times already, but you yeah. just didn't know it was there. But instead now, you know, it's there um, and you can act accordingly. Mm. Um, sometimes they'll ask us to remove it. And for our study, we would rather not, mm-hmm. we'd rather let it be there. And mm-hmm. if, if it means we have to tear apart that house to get a snake out, it's definitely not worth it. Mm. Uh, if we can leave the snake there and observe it in its natural habitat, that's mm-hmm. ideal for us. And most of the time they will. And I'll mm-hmm. come back the next day and I'll track it and I'll say, all right, well, the snake's gone now. So mm-hmm. you've got nothing to worry about. And they'll be like, oh, really? I'll be like, yeah, it's gone. And uh, so it's quite yeah, awesome. it, uh, do they Do they ever say, you know, get get rid of the snake or we're going to kill it? So it's meaning we, you have to leave the snake. We have had that. Well, mm-hmm. not... Not while I've been here, yeah. um, but I mean, if if they started trying to dig up their house to get the snake or dig up their floor, the snake would probably go anyway. So yeah. they'd be able to catch oh, it. Yeah, especially with um, the cobra as well. They know exactly what's going on, and you know they're clued yeah. enough to be. You know, they they all know where the way out is, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what I do want to talk about, and um, obviously there's been a few times where I have brought it up in private messages and whatnot, but you come mm-hmm. across reticulated pythons quite frequently. Um, and there was one in particular uh, quite recent that you came across who was a bit of a heifer. Um, so do you want to talk it about that a little bit? Sure. So I was. Uh, we also have passive trapping here. So we mm-hmm. study the prey abundance of the snakes in certain areas. Um so that would just be uh, looking at, um, we'll set out traps, bait, and we won't keep the animals. We just observe what what species occur there um, for the primary diet of the snakes. Um, so frogs, rodents, etc. And we'll just 
observe that they are there and then we'll release them in the morning. So I often go out at 6 a.m. or someone will go out at 6 a.m. to make sure these uh, animals are not kept in the traps um, for long at all. And uh, I was driving through the a part of the jungle that we have and there was just a retic in the middle of the road um, and it was spread across the whole length of the road. And I was like, I was pretty shocked. Uh, I had my friend on the back of the bike and um, <laughs> we leapt off and I was like, I can't believe this is... Yeah, it's a nice surprise in the morning, to be honest with you. Um, and we also have uh, a group of people that study pythons here, so they were super interested. Um, so I just called one of them. Um, and they were more than happy to come and observe it. <laughs> okay, so um, how big yeah. was this animal? And how, how heavy was it, you said? I can't remember how heavy this one was, but this it was three meters plus. Um, nice. I mean, yeah, they, you know, retics can go up to about 160 kilograms, I think, can't they? They well, can definitely be big. Apparently so. Can, well, they definitely get too big. Um, that's, <laughs> just, that's the general observation. Carry on, Mike. You've, you've been oh, no, no, it was you going to go down the retic route. I... I, I I had to quickly go for a quick way. Um, See, he's just, he's just the... out of order, you know what I mean? He, just, he thought you were that boring. He's like, sorry, I'm going to go for a piss. Mate, <laughs> I'm not the one that yawns on the podcast. I haven't okay. yawned yet, behave. Um, <laughs> you haven't been talking, that's There is funny. that. Um, so, oh, now you're making me yawn, thinking about it. Now don't yawn. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> oh my God. Okay, so... Have you seen any um, difference between captivity and in situ of uh, the attitudes and position, disposition of retics? Are they defensive? What are their, you know? I haven't, I haven't worked with like an abundant, like a, a load of retics in captivity, to be honest with you. Um, in my experience, they are defensive in the wild, um, quite, quite very much so. Um, that's just and, my and, you'd want, and you'd want all wild animals to be defensive in the wild, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be very natural if they were just a uh, puppy dog and they're climbing all over you. It's weird that though, isn't it? Because you hear that so many different species, especially like Morelia, you know, a lot of Morelia species, tend to be quite chilled in the wild. Whereas when you bring them into captivity, and they just turn into assholes. Um, I think uh, I think a lot of it's down to uh, if it, it proximity of people. If they're not used to people, they probably don't know how to react. But I don't know. There's so many different things to, to take. There's different variables, down. and also like um, like depends what time of day it is. If if it's the time of day they're actively hunting, they're going to be more defensive because they're at that point of the day they're more vulnerable to prey. Right. But obviously, if it's uh, at night time and they're resting like they're probably going to be a lot more chilled out you know yeah definitely so, I, I know well for instance last last night i didn't want to go to bed and i thought oh, i want to clean all the viv glass i hate <laughs> doing it it's one of those jobs but it nearly doing and i'm sitting there and you know my, my carpet's fairly fairly docile you know doesn't bat an eyelid and i'm sitting there just doing the outside of the glass backwards and forwards backwards and forwards and you could see it she just switched on and you could see the eyes, the eyes dilated, and you could see straight away that she was interested in the movement. Now, if it's, it, just, it's just because it's you. Is that in that behave? If I'd have done this in the daytime, <laughs> she wouldn't have cared. 
because exactly. it was dark. And I, you know, I said to the missus, "Come over here and watch this." I said, "I opened the viv, and I literally just put my hand in ever so slightly, and you could see her. You, you know, when they 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 hold themselves back and they're they're waiting for you just to come that mm-hmm. a little bit closer for them to you know to to strike out." And she's like, "I've never seen a lot of that before." And I thought, to be to be honest, I hadn't. Um, but again, it's just that 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 time where I normally wouldn't interact with her, where it is darker. <laughs> right. exactly. it's, it's when they start bouncing up and down a little because they're coiled so tight they can't contain themselves and they start to yeah. bounce, and you go, "You are ready to explode any second." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I love it's, what they do. The problem is as well. It's when they've done that and the tongue stops. Because you know, mm-hmm. once that tongue stopped, it's it's locked and loaded. Um, yeah. Especially, <laughs> well, there's one one thing I did find though. Um, when I kept scr- uh, scrub and I had the Tracy Eye Scrub Python, the tongue never used to come out that often. Now I don't know whether it was because their eyesight is, in, is is better than any other pythons or whatever, but the tongue didn't come out that often at all. No, I'm yawning for fuck's sake. Oh, it's, yawning. Uh, no, it's just because it's just oh. it was you, and they were constantly pissed off. I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I found with with most of the snakes I've had, it, when they're pissed off, their tongue will stay out longer, and and it won't. Yeah, it's not that flicking in and out. It's it's holding it out there, and it, it slows. It slows yeah, down. Really yeah, it does. And you go, mm, you're not you're not liking this. <laughs> For me, it, it really depends on the um, not only just the species, but the art, the individual am- animals. Yeah, it definitely yeah. Um, as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, I mean, my Japanese rats, for instance. I mean, you know. Phelps, you said about the carpets, you know, their the tongue will tend to slow down and yeah. they'll end up like holding it downwards, won't they? Yes, yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's almost like they're tasting every little particle that's in the air, um, especially when there's, you know, rodents yeah. warming up somewhere or something like that. You know, you'll see that more. Um, but the Japanese rats, complete opposite. Their tongue goes literally 10 times quicker. Honestly, like yeah. They, they are, yeah, you know, like real um they're sort of real active with it you know yeah um, they will taste yeah they will find they'll find that snake i mean just the other day i fed the japs and um um the one female i, I separate them to to feed obviously and the female was up at the top right on the top perch and i opened the tank and i held the rat right down at the bottom of the tank and yeah. within realistically four or five seconds she'd gone through every single limb in the tank and she w- was coming out of the viv to come and get this rat like yeah, re- sorry, real Danny, just just so everybody understands so you've got a three-tiered tank so it's not just one tank where they'll drop down they've actually she's actually physically got to go through nah she's no nah, she's in the big tank now isn't she Oh, okay. Yes, they're in the, they're yes, in the big, yes. big arboreal tank. Yes. So she's yes. come all the way down from the top. You know, travelled probably uh, three foot ish um, to get to this rat. Like she knew exactly where it was, exactly what was going on, exactly where it was yeah, coming it really from. Is yeah, and the tongue was going. You know, ten to the dozen. You know, you're um, not the most terrifying thing I've ever had. Bearing in mind, I've done a little bit of venomous work as well. The most terrifying mm-hmm. thing. And then UK. I've ever experienced with reptiles, right? He's watching indigos eat. On, honest to God, it is the way the way they just chew them down. They, and, like there's there's just inhale. There's them. just a bowl of <laughs> bits of frog and chicks and mice and this that and the other, and it's literally like watching me on crack at a buffet. 
I was going to say, yeah. uh, have you ever taken a mirror to a terrifying. They grab <laughs> and smash, and obviously, like they wouldn't cause a, a lot of damage to us because they wouldn't be able to pick us up and throw us around. But Jesus mm-hmm. wept if I was a mouse. Oh, Johnny. <clears throat> No, that's, was, yeah, that's, I was, that's I was, very. I was in agony then thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do, you know what I'd like, do you know what I'd like to ask, Charlie? Um, whilst we're on sort of like the way uh, snakes react and, 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 and bite, um, yeah. do you have any protocols going out uh, of an evening, obviously, with, with some seriously uh, venomous animals around? Um, so. Ideally, like with our cobras, it's different. We know where they are, and we will never get that close to them for them ever yeah. to be in a situation to bite. But obviously, the pit vipers, like I said to you, even with us being aware of them and where they exist, um, it can happen. Um, the pit vipers here are mostly nocturnal, so and most of the time we won't be out super late. I mean, sometimes it can be late, especially now with the curfew. We won't be, but. Um, but yeah, of course, we do have protocols. All of us know what to do in the event of a snake bite. Um, and if we are in the jungle, often we won't have signal. So we do have to know how to react. Um, thankfully, most of the pit vipers aren't deadly. I mean, you're going to yeah. be in a lot of pain. And like I said, you're going to have some serious necrosis. But, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully, you're not going to die. Um, but uh, there is some venomous species out there as well that you possibly could step on like crates um, which are fossorial they like to live under the leaves um, and they are extremely shy snakes despite being one of the most venomous snakes in the whole of Asia yeah you have you have uh, the land crates and the sea snakes uh, sea crates over that we way do, right? yeah, yeah. yeah we do yeah we do yeah. Um, we don't have any sea near us unfortunately but we do mm. have uh, we do have two uh, three species of crate here the land uh, yeah the land crates are gnarly yeah, they're the most Real venomous snake in Asia. I, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they're um, t- and they're tiny well, as well. That's the problem. They're so small. Uh, these ones get a size sizable. Um, really? Yeah, but we do have crate mimics as well, which mm-hmm. look almost identical. Um, really. Like you have to really, you have to really think about before you <laughs> before you see like the yeah, photo yeah. I sent you the other day, um, a horse of oh, yeah, yeah. the black and white snake. And you were like, oh, I thought that was a crate. <laughs> you do have to really, like, yeah. It was, it was a picture of, well, start again. It was a picture of him <laughs> holding it. And I was just like, you ain't coming on the podcast, you fucking nutter. <laughs> like, like, I'm all for, you know, occasionally we'll talk about free handling cobras and we'll deal with that kind of stuff. Right. Sure. But there's certain things that you don't free handle, and that's like mambas and crates. And it's just like, you're <laughs> nutter. And he was like, no, no. I don't it's, know. It's, I, don't, I, I think a lot of people would probably disagree there. If you're going to freehandle anything, it'd probably be a crate because it's so chilled. Yeah, um, they yeah, are. But yeah, yeah. But mate, they're, they're, they're venom is super deadly. But, yeah, it's uh, horrible. See, I mean, I don't recommend freehandling anything venomous personally, yeah. but, you know. See, this is where I, I, I understand some species have different personalities, mm. but I think each individual also has different personalities, and I think you yeah, really absolutely. have to know what you're doing and assess how that individual is. Well, that's uh, that's that's why it's you know that's why I say yeah, I don't really recommend handling any of them because they're all different. <laughs> you know, you, you could meet exactly. one crate as an absolute asshole, and then the next one is just the most placid snake you've ever you know come what I mean? across. It's like if you try and steal my burger today, I might let you live. You try and steal it mm-hmm. tomorrow, and you're dead. Yeah. 
Yeah. Steve Irwin yeah. is the perfect example of that when it comes to animals, isn't he? You know, Who's that, that one, a, a, a Steve Irwin. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, the the one animal <laughs> that you thought would would have done him would have either been a venomous snake or a, or a croc. And, mm. uh, you know, it just happens that, uh, that a ray reacted. He missed uh, it. He, he found <laughs> that pissed-off stingray, yeah. Yeah, and, and, mm. and, and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and, mm. and the rea- ray reacted in, in that in that way so it just yeah. it just goes definitely. to show how unpredictable well all, all animals really are to be honest definitely definitely one of my greatest inspirations that's for sure oh 100 percent, mate well, and, and, and there is a podcast coming out monday right you need to listen to I'll that. Tell you, he's gonna get so excited <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> don't tell him don't tell him it's a surprise yeah so make sure you check out the podcast uh, on monday <laughs> do you know you what yeah that. i was gonna say but for all the listeners who are listening to this that would have been last week's episode <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it won't be that good because I'm not on it, guys. Oh, God, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> can I? Can I? No, I know. I've got a genuine question. No. Yes. Go. Uh, I I haven't heard that podcast yet, but Hoss. Yeah. How many times did Danny try and get Bindi's phone number? You know what? He, <laughs> he behaved. Wait, why was have... well behaved? Actually, <laughs> right. He's well behaved, but we know how he gets. Right. So as a precaution, his name is on the wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> did, he, did he ask for a job? Uh, he didn't know. Um, because right. because we, 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 well, very early into the podcast, we got his name on the wall. So <laughs> I think he spent the it rest was, of the podcast asked, trying to get his name off the wall. <laughs> Asking for a job was just futile. I am getting a little bit conscious, Tom. We're at one hour, one hour twenty-one minutes at the moment. No, um, so we're not going to cut it. We're not going to cut it just right now. Um, but what I do want to ask you, Charlie, is <clears> um, is, is it Thailand? Is that where you're stopping, or? Do you plan to or hope to move on to other areas or possibly other countries as well? So I'm a firm believer of like things work out. Um, like so, opportunities present themselves to you, like this one did to me. Um, so I love Thailand. I love this country. Whether it's where I stay, who knows? I have a. I've been to South Africa and done similar work in, out there as well, and I absolutely love that country um, as well. Um, so whether it is long term or I'm here for now, or I enjoy it here. So okay. I'm is, totally content where is I am. Is there is there anywhere if you could have someone just just you know right place right time and you could go anywhere in the world and do this kind of work? What where would you go and what would you be working with? Oh, that's a hard question. I think it. Damn, that is a hard question. Yeah, See, it I is because you're in, so you're in, you are in such a lovely location with yeah. amazing animals, and it is, it is, it, you know, it is a tough one. Yeah, you know uh, uh, what you've got. Sorry, sorry, Charlie. Um, you know, a lot of people and they go, "Oh, this country." What you've got to understand is, after you've been there for a while, you know, some places, you know, are really barren. They don't get a lot of water. So, you know, some like people go, "Oh, like Africa," but Yes, they've got amazing animals, but when you've been there for a while and you think, oh, it's quite dry here, and, you know, you've got to try and weigh up all these options. You know, for me, it's like, you know, some of these places that have amazing rainforests and jungles are, are, are amazing, but um, 
Sorry, sure, Charlie. Well, no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> Africa has some truly incredible animals, and especially snakes, and that is definitely where I was inspired uh, to do this kind of thing. Um, one of the rangers out there seriously inspired me. Um, and he was incredible with his snakes uh, and just knew everything about everything, really, from the land to the sea to the to the stars to any animal. It was incredible. So, um, But I don't know. Yeah, Thailand has some incredible snakes. And I think what goes on here is great, especially in this area. Some of the stuff that uh, the leaders of my project have done, um, one of the things uh, that we that he worked on was developing protocols for volunteers and they go out for if someone has a heart attack uh, they'll go out before the ambulances can get to them um, if someone's fallen down the stairs whatever they'll go out but recently um, well fairly recently the last few years he's developed um, snake handling protocols with them so if they uh, have venomous snakes uh, they'll call these guys and they'll come out and they use exactly the same techniques as us to minimize risk and they'll often bring snakes to us um, to process and take data on, um, but they do some incredible stuff, and some of them are like incredibly competent handlers now, and they do this all for free, you know. Wow! Um, and it's so awesome to see um, working like the work some of the, these people have done with the community is phenomenal. It really is. Um, oh, that's good. De- definitely. Yeah. And off this whole this whole show, you you came across really well, and you can hear that you're passionate about it, and that you're mm-hmm. there's no kind of like you know you're you're doing what a lot of people will never do and and aspire to, you know one of their dreams, and you're quite modest about it as well. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. um when we spoke about handling earlier, and you were like, oh yeah, I can do a bit, but like you know these guys are actually nah, the shit. I'm just like nothing. Yeah, well, uh, you play yourself like, like, like it's a. Like I said as well, like it's not it's not our goal here is to handle snakes. That's not it's not what we do. That's not at all what we're about. Obviously, people here can do it. Um, that's great, but we're here to observe and study how these snakes move about the areas and how they interact with humans. Um, and that is what we are here for. And also to educate and protect the species that are here. Um, Okay, what's cool. the what's the key goal, Charlie? Is it to to, to make sure that they're thriving, um, their their environment and habitat is kept? Um, well, for for here, the habitat is definitely for the foreseeable future is going to be kept. Um, it's highly protected, and we have anti poaching units going out every day. Um, Obviously, we have species like pangolins here as well, which are highly endangered. Uh, why highly why have you said that? What look, you've done it now. You've done this is now a six hour podcast. Well done. I wasn't we, gonna bring it out, but we, we kick, him off. kick him off. Kick him off. Kick him off. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> we want one, don't we, Danny? We yeah. want one. I want seven. But, you on about <laughs> Yeah, they're wicked animals. So so that's obviously we have anti poaching units that go out and they they are fully armed and ready for just like in South Africa as well. I've experienced with rhinos the anti poaching unit there. Um it's a dangerous game, it really is, because these poachers uh, are doing it for their livelihoods and they're willing to lay down arms for getting this animal, unfortunately, um, because people will pay top dollar for a bit of animal skin or keratin. Mm, yeah, and unfortunately, the, the the people who are out poaching, you know, their families are starving. Um, exactly. It's, this- it's an easy way for them to, to earn a, a lot of money. And this is the thing why I don't like people like saying, uh, like just actually just giving them harassment because that it literally all falls down to lack of education. Like the people that are buying this 
and paying a lot of money for parts of pangolins or whatever are just because they don't understand what it is. Like they think that it's going to cure them of whatever. Um, yeah. And that, he, that's it. And like not, you said. It's not for you when it goes to um, common misconceptions and whatnot. So the tribal villagers and whatnot, do they have um, like faith healers and that kind of thing? Um, when it, regarding to like snake bite and that kind of. I haven't experienced it too much. Like I don't know for sure. Um, I can't say about that. But I do know uh, someone in my, my village in the town. My eyes day. Uh, he was bit. He was actually sitting in his hammock, and apparently he was bitten by a cobra on the foot. Um, but he lives right next to the rice fields and stuff. Um, and after that, he thought it was like a bad omen, and he went to lots of temples to like um, ward away the snakes, per se. Um, so I think there is probably a sense of that. Um, but he did go to hospital. He didn't go anywhere else before. So I'm unaware of faith healers or that kind of thing here. Hmm. We've spoke about this quite a few times with regards to, you know, people's beliefs. Um, and and, and, and my, my, I actually believe that a lot of these beliefs come from people just wanting to scare their children to keep them safe. You know, yeah. you create a myth or a story about this beast and 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 you know and it's a serpent um yeah. it's just to keep your kids away from all the snakes because which you which you can't understand in a 100, way 100% in these yeah. areas where the kids are actually you know potentially coming into contact with a number of snakes but where the but bearing in mind that 90% of them might be harmless the the 10% that aren't you want them to stay away from all of them so you'll just tell them stories yeah to keep That's them away Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's my belief yeah. and they never learn otherwise they tell their kids that that's yeah, 100% yeah, it's definitely possible but I mean there's a lot of expats over here that have total like construed like misconceptions of snakes as well mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of like um, horses in the snakes off pages on Facebook and uh, we basically ID snakes in Thailand and other parts of Asia, uh, people will post a picture and we'll quickly ID it for them within seconds of the posting it, um, so they know whether to whether it's venomous and how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the some of the people that come out reach out to us and say, "You've changed our views. Like I used to be scared of snakes, now I'm not at all." Um, and it's just so awesome to see that like we can change people's perceptions of snakes just over social media, like Facebook or. De- definitely, and yeah. I, I think I, I think one of the um, the things that strikes me with Thailand as well, and changing people's perception, is that if you look at a lot of the older tourist guides and stuff, and it's like if you go to Thailand, you must go on the back of an elephant, you must ride an elephant, this, that, and the other, and people now are staying well clear of that, or people yeah. know to, and that's because people have kind of like made it apparent and make, making people aware that this isn't good. You know, they may be abused, they may be yeah. been neglected, this, that, and the other. Tig- the tigers, of- tigers being drugged and that kind of stuff. You know, social media, mm. is oh, yeah, so, so yeah. it's such a good tool if used correctly because, mm-hmm. again, it can show exactly. the insight of these things. And like, like yourself, you know, you can save a lot of people's lives by telling them about snake bite and telling them about the best Absolutely. ways of doing things um, because... You know, granddad or dad or brother or whatever hitting it with a rake might get rid of that snake, and they might 
you know, that might kill that one. But next time, that King Cobra might be a little bit more agile, might be a little bit warmed up, and, mm-hmm. you know, that person's now dead. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and it's one thing being bitten by, by a Cobra, like um, Monocle Cobra or a, or a Spitting Cobra, you have a little bit of time, but the, the sheer amount of venom that a King Cobra can pump into you, mm-hmm. you you're not going to get down the road. Like, you, you do not have long to live. Um, <laughs> I are. Uh, Unless you're near a hospital, you are gonna you're gonna be in some trouble. That's for sure. I did watch a video not long ago. Like this, he'd obviously lost the plot, and he kept on smacking this king cobra, mm-hmm. and and all the villagers was out, and he was picking it up and swinging it around, I and then. Did you see that? And and then the next thing you see, obviously very very unwell, uh, and then the next thing you see, he's on a slab. And you just mm-hmm. got bit, right? Yeah. 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 So, to my understanding, well, that what happened there is he thought the King Cobra's fangs had been pulled out. So, he was doing this like show for the villagers or whatever he was doing with the snake, this poor snake. Um, yeah, and he did. By the snake. And then someone took one of his friends, like, took it and checked and, like, looked at his fangs. And he was like, oh, yeah, they haven't been pulled out. And he continued to mess with the snake. And then, yeah, like you said, the next thing you see, he's, yeah. I honestly hope a lot of people see that video and understand that, you know, fang pulling is horrendous. But anybody thinking of doing it, it's just, you know, you, you get it wrong, you're dead. Just stop. Even, don't yeah, don't even. Yeah, yeah. Just stop even. Thank stop you. thinking about it. Just don't. Just it's, don't ever do it's it. The it's the same just, with. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, people have their venom glands removed as snakes, or they used yeah. to. Anyway. I don't know how much it happens now. But again, they can still retain venom, and they can still. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories of regrowing venom glands, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. But and I, I guarantee if you put that cobra down, it will go the other way. It doesn't want to bite you, it doesn't want to be in this confrontation with you. It wants to go you, back. You see that. You see that quite easily in that video, though. As soon Absolutely. as that snake's on the ground, it's heading the opposite way. It's frightened exactly. to death. Do you know what of I mean? Course. Yeah, and, of uh, course. Oh, it's just, it's, it's sickening. Yeah, yeah it's, I know. Yeah. It's, it's not nice. Well, we actually, I was actually um, <clears throat> moving. I actually went to track one of my spent cobras that was near someone's house. And as I pulled up, there was a load of people sitting outside, like, and they flagged me down. They were like, oh, come here, come here. And there was just a spitting cobra outside the house. They were all standing around with flashlights. This cobra was just trying to go different ways and get away from everyone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, my spitting cobra must have come out the front of this house. Um, and this must be it. So I get out my receiver quickly. I'm checking the signal. Um, and there's, there's no signal from the snake. And I was like, this is a different spitting cobra. So there's another <laughs> spitting cobra about maybe, maybe 100 meters from the one I'm tracking. Mm-hmm. So I call some of my... Um, the leaders of the project just explain the situation and thankfully I managed to corral the cobra into like uh, just behind a slate so it was just sitting behind there until my uh, seniors arrived and uh, we managed to bag the snake and now we are tracking it and oh, recently uh, yeah and it's great it's great but the most amazing thing is we re-released the snake and this was a male snake and the one we were already tracking was a female oh okay and, and so the amazing thing was we re-released this snake maybe a day later and it managed to find its way back within a few days to this female that we were already tracking mm-hmm. and they were then tracked by me into the same burrow. Um, so we managed to put camera traps on the snake and this is incredible data for like science because 
it just shows how incredible these animals are. They can be interfered with by humans and then still manage to find their way back yeah. through human habitation. It's, to, it's the whole same. To the same it? It's the same. Yeah, Na- nature right. always finds finds a way. Um, okay, so we're going to gonna have to start wrapping the show up now, unfortunately, because uh, we're getting on oh. time a little bit. I, I really don't want to do it. I feel like we're we're starting to pick up a bit of speed as well now. Um, so I think what, what we'll do is we'll, def- we'll definitely have a listen back, see what you think, and if you'd like to come back on and we can finish finish off at a later date, that'd be absolutely wonderful. Um, obviously, no, no, no. we'll be able to talk about my hoping adventures with yourself once we, uh, we get over there. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, um, kind of well, in a, in a few more months, I, I'm sure I'll have loads of more amazing stories like this. De- mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, do you think? Um, do you think a live stream is like completely out of the question? Who are you talking? You talking to me? Yeah. yeah. So would you be yeah, interested? Like, a, like a, a video live stream? Mm-hmm. No, no, not at all. I'd definitely be up for that. Okay, cool. As long as your internet yeah, connection, no. uh, I would allow it. Yeah, that's all. Oh, you yeah, just no, you no. just need to start in in the next few months. You just need to start installing uh, Wi-Fi boosters throughout the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every 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 twenty yards throughout the jungle. I tell you, we definitely don't get any signal out there. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, definitely. If if there's anything sort of like local that you see um, to, to to where you have got signal. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, it'll be it'll be nice to have him on, um, so people can just ask questions and we can have yeah. like a live chat De- and stuff like that. Well. It doesn't have to be animals. And obviously, I've no- noticed that today that you've joined our community group as well. So post post us yeah. up. You've been sending me some absolutely awesome content the last few days. So let, let's get that in that in the chat as well and in the community mm-hmm. group because people will love sure. that man. Um, it's what it's yeah, all about. Yeah. It's about. It's about sharing the knowledge and sharing what we do. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up about there now. So we're one hour thirty seven minutes in. Um, it's been wicked. wicked getting to know you, mate. I know we've been chatting over the last week or so, but it's good to uh, yeah. finally hear that you uh, have an awful South accent. Um, Hoss, can I can I can I can I just say, isn't it nice to have like every guest we have is quite well known within the reptile community. <laughs> Um, whether that's sort of like keeping or breeding, it's nice to have somebody that a lot of people won't know. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. The, the red talk community definitely everyone knows anyone that has has a name. It's, it's a very small tight net. Yeah, and I I, I, hopefully as well, if there, are, if there is anyone out there that is listening to this show who knows someone very similar to Charlie, or if Charlie knows anyone or any other groups that I can start being a predator on to find people charlie's got some cool friends mate (laughs) charlie's got some cool friends they're just just yeah they're they're, they're there you just you got to start exploring you you know you 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 tie bride um uh, groups a bit more (laughs) 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 definitely definitely. notice you said a bit more (laughs) to, 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 to be honest um mike doesn't want to talk about this any further because he was there with me. Where? Exactly where. Never happened. Don't know you're on that. So that is about it for this week. I'm Reptile and Chill. Thank you for listening. And Charlie, thank you for spending your gosh, early oh, hours of Thursday morning with us. Um, it's been a pleasure oh, yeah. having you on. If you do want to help support our podcast, then please head on over to reptileandchill.com. You can look at hoodies, t-shirts for sale. We've got leggings and baseball caps and oh there's everything uh, if you want to follow us on our social media that is on facebook instagram and youtube at the handle of reptile and chill and that is about it again 
join our community group on Facebook. It's Reptile and Chug community group. Get involved. Become part of it. It's awesome. People are friendly. Um, no one's going to gang up on you. The only abuse anyone ever gets is aimed towards me. Is us three. It, no, <laughs> no us, us three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I just say, if anybody wants to see how amazing <laughs> our merchandise is, right, check out James Russell's uh, picture, because that is exactly how I, how I picture myself when I put it on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly the same as that. that exactly. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> I did. I did put. I did post his picture up on the page the other day, and uh, um, it got like two million likes. It went viral. It's crazy. You guys should just. You get know on what? That, it's quite funny actually because uh, David Attenborough contacted us and was like, "I need one of those t-shirts." We're like, yep. we've, got, we've, got, "We've got James <laughs> Russell wearing it, and you want to wear it? What do you want about?" Uh, anyway, uh, do you know what I loved about it though, Hoss? You had to quickly reverse the picture so it it looked right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dumb shit! Oh, Can't even well take done, a picture man. the right way around, man. Anyways, <laughs> that's it. Before we go, as per usual, and Charlie's been listening to all the podcasts, so he knows exactly what I'm about to say. But Charlie, yes. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you. Love you, bye. How do you yeah. say, how do you say in. I love you, bye, in Thai? Uh, raccoon, bye-bye. That's <laughs> shit, that is. Go on, then, Hoss. Oh, say it. Go on, Fucking bye. <laughs> <laughs> Give <me> chua. <laughs> Wait, come back. Stop. Come back, Charlie. Are you still there? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Mate. Ooh, I was just about to go. Over. Oh, God, I know you want to go back to bed, but before you go, can you just tell us about where people can find all about you and what you do and the company and research facility and all that jazz? Yeah, big shout out to who you're working with, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I owe everything to them. So if you want to do some uh, looking up of what we do and everything, you can find our social media at nayaresearch.com. Um, and if you're interested in getting involved in the project as well, you can find all the information there. So that's about it, really. Myresearch.com. Hoss, you can work your magic and put that link right in with the... uh... You've you've just... See, he's just fucked it up now, because I was just going to let it roll, and you've just ruined it all. What are you on about? You've just fucked it. Go fuck you. Oh, fuck you, mate. Fuck you. I'm going to fuck this up. Fuck you. <laughs> Mike? Mike? Not talking. Not talking. Oh. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. What? I love it when Mike gets all. <laughs> Michael? Falsy, baby. What? <laughs> I love you, bye. (laughs) I love you too. Love you!